Welcome to the Coached Success Podcast. This show focuses on what it truly takes to pursue a life of excellence. Each week, I speak to a guest who has come from humble beginnings but refuses to settle for less than a life where they are pursuing their best. We speak about mindset, overcoming adversity, and the importance of resilience. This is Kyle Daniels. I hope that you enjoy the show. This week, I speak to Albert Matthews, a man empowering young people to choose purpose. Albert had spent his younger years involved in gangsterism and addicted to drugs and has first-hand experience of the negative consequences a life like this has. Stay tuned as we speak about what gave rise to his transformation and how he's using his personal experience to inspire others. So today on the call, we have Albert, Albert Matthews, all the way from Cape Town. Albert, how are you doing, sir? I am awesome. Can't complain. Um, Through the grace of God, I'm I'm doing, doing good. Awesome, Self? I'm excellent. I'm excellent. Thanks for waking up early to take the call. I know it's just after 5, 5.45 now, um, and that's quite early, so I appreciate you taking the time for the call. Um, Albert, do you want to tell us who is Albert Matthews? Okay, I, Albert Matthews is a young man from the area Cape Town, um, mm-hmm. aspiring just to make an impact in young people's lives, so I'm I've started a, a, a movement called the Youth Chat Room, um, where we uh-huh. go out and we just use social media to um, empower young people. And we do it on WhatsApp, um, Facebook, uh-huh. and on Instagram as well. And then I'm in the process of also becoming an author um, with uh-huh. a book that I'm currently writing of my life story. And the book's name will be The Mathematics of Life. Nice. I love the name. Very interesting name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a nice catch to it. Yeah, definitely a nice catch. And and were you always, or are you interested in math, in maths, or is it just um, a nice sounding name and decide to go with it? Yeah, um, it's, it's not really uh, anything to do with maths, though. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yes, you, my surname is Matthews. Mm-hmm. So what I'm doing, I call it the mathematics of life. Mm-hmm. And so it's all about my life experience and using basic concepts of maths, but it's not really mm-hmm. so people that's into maths more I mean, like, do I need to get this book? No, it's like the, you can get the book, but you're not going to get any any maths equations, but you're going to get yeah. how I dealt with my life issues mm-hmm. um, in the book. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, st- sticking on the whole how you dealt with your personal challenges. Let's dive a bit into that. Spe- let's speak about, um, you know, Albert growing up on the Cape Flats and some of the challenges that you had to overcome? Okay. So me growing up in Cape Town, um, the challenges, some of the challenges that many young people in Cape Town are faced with is the fact of gangsterism and drug abuse being so mm-hmm. all around everywhere you, you walk out your door, there's always something happening. And growing on in the Cape Flats areas, it's very challenging. So I grew up in a household where my father was on drugs and my mom was an alcoholic and mm-hmm. Obviously, this this kind of had an impact on me. So my brothers was also involved in drugs and into gangsterism. And I always told myself that I will never, ever, ever want to end up like them. Mm-hmm. I aspired. I always did my best in my schoolwork. So academically, I was very strong. And that's the one thing that kept me going. 
But I think in any young person's life is when the transition happens, when you go from primary school, which is um, grade seven to grade eight. Mm-hmm. And when that transition happens, there's a lot of things that school don't really prepare you for. Mm-hmm. So when that transition happened, I think I was exposed to a lot of things and being exposed to these lot of things, one of the things that I got exposed to was starting to smoke cigarettes and I went into mm-hmm. smoking dacha. And then I learned all I ended up smoking tuk. Mm-hmm. And I think I started smoking on one Wednesday. And from this Wednesday, I was high the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I told myself that I don't want to do this again because the experience I had was really, it was traumatic. I didn't want to go through it again. But lo and behold, I found myself smoking again. Mm-hmm. And, but I was still in school, though. I wasn't involved in gangsterism. And I, and I told myself, okay, I have it under control. And it started out maybe smoking twice a week, thrice mm-hmm. a week. And then it became an everyday thing. And when I got in grade 11, mm-hmm. I failed grade 11 and went back. I passed grade 11 and I was in matric. When I was in matric, I got expelled. Mm-hmm. Um, because then I was already involved with some high-risk activities. Okay. Um, and I was involved with the gang and the school expelled me. And then from there, I went full-time into gangsterism. But when I went full-time into gangsterism, this like a whole twist of my life started to take place. Yeah. Okay. But that is in the nutshell what kind of happened there. Yeah. But I'll show you more about what, what transitioned for me to get to my turning point. Mm-hmm. And so I know that you are heavily involved, like you said, in the youth development right now, trying to prevent you from falling into the strap. Um, what do you think pushed you over the the commitment that you made to yourself, to your younger self, where you said, you know what, I'm growing up in a environment that's negative. My parents are both um, addicted to some sort of substance. So is my brothers. Um, and I and I commit to myself that I would not go through this and I would not bring this burden onto my family. What do you think led to you falling into this trap and breaking that commitment? Are you speaking about going into it, going into drugs? What kind of made me push, what pushed me into it? Exactly, exactly that. Because obviously you... Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So I think basically what, what happened is you are exposed to it and mm-hmm. the exposure to it. And sometimes we, you, I think there's a story that someone tells that there was two young people growing up in the same household, father and drugs, mm-hmm. um, the father one, um, the one son didn't turn out to use drugs, the other one ex- decided to use drugs. And what didn't, see, what didn't figure out is that the one son did, told himself that I'm not going to do what my father did. Mm-hmm. The other one was in like, he didn't have any, um, something that was keeping him going. So he easily was, wanted to follow the footsteps of his father. So in my case, I told myself, I didn't want to be like my father. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be like that. But I think the exposure, and that's why I speak about the transition from going from primary school over to high school. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that is like because the peer pressure, the fact that um, our family had a reputation of um, being infamous. And this is now where I needed to decide, okay, am I going to go into the same field as my parents, as my brothers, as my siblings, or do I choose another path? So the reason for the another path is like I wanted to be one of the first ones that wanted to finish school amongst mm-hmm. my brothers. And that's therefore I reached matric at least. But I'm currently doing my matric now. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I, I, I didn't, I got expelled at that time. And that is one of the things that pushed me. But the fact that of the peer pressure and the community putting pressure on me, because what they did, my name is Albert, my father's name is Albert. So they used to call me um, clean guns. So it's small guns in, mm-hmm. in English because my father's nickname was guns. 
So mm -hmm. automatically, everything that I said about my father, they placed on me. Mm -hmm. And I needed to uplift the name that my father was outliving at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely understand. And, you know, I was having this thought very recently about it, that peer pressure is something that in youth we struggle with and a lot of people speak about it, right? Um, the importance of being aware, especially when you are in high school, about the environment and the people around you. But I think we also forget that peer pressure exists way beyond that, even in our, in, even in our adult life, right? Um, the, our inf the influence of the people around us is extremely important because it can either push us downward or upward. And I like the fact that you said, you know what, that you have already made that, that commitment to yourself um, based on the pain that you experienced growing up in that household, right? Um, that I will not go down this path. But the powerful influence that the powerful influence that your friends had, the peer pressure, the, the fact that how people were defining you, it made you feel like, you know what, I need to live up into the standard. And for, for us, for the people listening right now, this just shows that, you know, we can, first of all, look at who are the people we are surrounding ourselves with, right? And how are they helping us move towards where we want to go? This is, doesn't only apply to people who are in their teens. It applies to every single one of us. Secondly, is looking at also how are you being defined? How are people defining you? And are you going to live up to that expectations, that standards of people that people are placing on you? Or are you going to decide for yourself who you will be in this world? Um, and then speak to us a bit, Albert, about how you then started making the transition after getting involved in gangs and drugs. Okay, so my, my transition wasn't a really a decision that I made. It was mm -hmm. circumstances that pushed me into realizing that I needed to make a change. So one of the incidents that happened, it was one specific Saturday, um, mm -hmm. because I was selling drugs. And while I was walking the streets, a young man um, that was in our community, and I, and, I, and I tend to just want to make this awareness as well, that sometimes young people that is not involved in gangsterism that is not involved in drugs, mm -hmm. that is living a sound life, or sometimes drawn to people that is into drugs and into gangsterism because somehow it makes them feel that I'm also part of something. And whenever something happens to me, I have discovering. Mm -hmm. And this young man was then drawn to me because he wasn't on drugs. He wasn't into gangsterism. He wasn't into to any of these things. And this one specific Saturday, he decided that he wanted to spend the day with me. So we kind of spend the day together. And while we're walking down the street, somebody's selling drugs. We obviously, you know, when you when you are in the, the lifestyle of what I was living, you mm -hmm. stand still on every corner because there's an opportunity to sell drugs. And then, then we came to our last stop just before we went to go visit some girls. And at that time, um, the, the Pakistanis were selling the tikka chicken at that time. Mm -hmm. And I went to go buy some tikka chicken, but I gave the drugs to him to keep. When I returned, he was then helping. When I came back, I asked um, some of the guys that were standing on the corner, where is Jackson? And they said, no, he's helping two guys on the corner, but the one guy had a firearm on him. And as I made my way around the corner, the one guy um, pulled out the firearm and he shot um, two shots on me. And I just closed my eyes. I, I, I really didn't know what happened. I jumped over the wall and I was standing by the wall and I was like looking over the wall. And while I'm looking over the wall, I see the one guy pulling the fire on firearm on Jackson and they shot him thrice. He laid on the floor. They stood over him and they emptied the gun on him. They shot him 14 times. So yeah, I have Jackson in my arms and he, he, there's, there's 
blood gushing out of his mouth. He wants to say something, but he can't say anything because obviously what he's experiencing. And that moment, I realized that somehow that could have been me. Mm-hmm. But it didn't really trigger me because then I still continued on. Um, that was the Saturday. The Tuesday, we had a memorial service for him. And then one of my friends sprayed a message for him. Jackson, we'll be missing you. The Wednesday morning, that very same friend that sprayed the mission to him got shot dead as well. And so all these happenings didn't happen. And then I started to realize that I needed to make a change in my life. So me staying in the area where I stayed, Kensington. Mm-hmm. And when I moved from Kensington, uh, I was forcibly removed out of the area because the gangs was looking for me, police is looking for me. So things wasn't working out for me in Kensington. Then I needed to move to Hanover Park. And I think a lot of people know when you Google a Noble Park, a Noble Park is known for being notorious for gangsterism. It's a gang-ridden area. So when I moved to a Noble Park, I thought to myself, this is it. I'm going to end up being a drug addict for the rest of my life. I'm going to end up going to jail. I'm going to end up all these things, bad things. This is what, I'm, what my expectation is. Mm-hmm. But lo and behold, it is in a Noble Park where a young person reached out to me and then helped me. Um, introduced me to this journey of my recovery and today it is where I'm 13 years clean I am a father I'm a I'm a husband I'm a mentor um, so so there's a lot of things happening now for me but it, I, I the area that I moved into I thought that this is it's going to end here for me but sometimes in your darkest areas that is where you're really going to grow yeah um, and you know I can just imagine how traumatic that had to be for you be for you personally when you had to see your friend getting murdered in front of you, especially like you said, he was a good guy and he wasn't involved in any of these things. Um, And you know, sometimes in life, we all go through experiences like this. It might not be the exact same somebody getting murdered in front of us, but it's where we take a knock, where life just comes at us and something dramatic happens to us. And in these moments, we are faced with a crack, with a, you know, with a decision. We can either, you know, push everything down, become more infamous, right? Um, Become more cold, or we can decide to say, you know what? This is, this is the, the push that I needed to start creating the change in my life. And it's admirable that you said, you know what, I decided to move out and change my life because I know it's not an easy process to go through. And now you're obviously in a place where you're able to help people. And speak to me a bit about how you feel your personal experience, your personal journey has, has been, was written out for you in order for you to help other people. You know, like when you when you when you finding like a few years ago, and when I just started my recovery, a lot of things didn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. A lot of things didn't add up to me. It kind of made me question a lot of things as to why me, and why isn't Jackson alive? Why isn't Clint alive? Why 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 am I still alive? And and as you start journeying through life, you start to realize that life sometimes takes you through this roller coaster ride and and in everything and and we speak about the ebb and flow of life is where the where you go through your ups and your downs but in everything one of the things one of my mentors mentioned to me is that um when you have lost don't lose the lesson mm-hmm. so in my losing my friends there was a lesson but i needed to stand still and needed to realize then what was the lesson in these things that i needed to go through and as I started to stand still, I started to realize that my life was a canvas for, for, for and, and there was life stories that was written on it. And somehow it's like where I'm finding myself in the, in the gallery 
where my life is being exposed, where people that is finding himself in the very same circumstance where I was in can come and see that, look how this young man's life has been transformed and he was exactly in the same space where I was. And I think now that I realize that everything that I went through, I went through it for a reason. I understand now there was a reason behind it. But if I had to just keep quiet about it and just think that, okay, I'm going to climb the ladder of success and just go into corporate and not really speak to people about my past because sometimes some people feel that their past is like they don't want to speak about it because mm -hmm. it makes them feel like people mustn't know because when I promise you when I speak to people now and I tell them I was on drugs and gangsterism it's a surprise to them like how is it possible mm -hmm. so sometimes you feel ashamed for it but for me I see when I speak about it it makes people open up and realize that okay change is possible and I think that is my core message I always tell to people that change is possible when I look at my life because when I started my change my father stopped using drugs my mm -hmm. mom didn't stop using alcohol because it had a ripple effect mm -hmm. and this is what I'm speaking about so when you move and you start changing it will have a ripple effect in other people's lives but you need to understand your why mm -hmm. why is it that you had to go through the things that you had to go through if you are able to answer the why they say that if your why don't make you cry, it's not big enough. Mm -hmm. And if I understand what my why is, what my purpose is, why am I doing what I'm doing, is to make sure that the young person go not go back on drugs, to make sure that the young person that is in drugs realize that they can make a change. It is for a mother to know that their son and daughter can make a change. That is my why. And that is why I'm doing what I need to do. Yeah, I love that. And I love the fact that you said, you know what? Um, if your why is not big enough, if your, if your why don't make you cry, it's not big enough, right? And for many people right now struggling to find purpose in their life, their why, look at the pains of your life, right? The adversity that you had to face and overcome because that is where we discover our why, why we're on this planet and how we can serve and impact. Because I have this philosophy that all of us on this planet are called to serve. It's just that we are not doing it intentionally. Serve, mm -hmm. Serving through our job, no matter what type of job you have, um, or what type of contribution you can make. There's always a level of service. If we're looking at whether it is you are an engineer building the bridge, that is a form of service to bring um, different structures to the world, or whether it is um, doing what you're doing, speaking, speaking life into other people, that is a service you're bringing. Whether it is you just running a business, you think it's for the profit, but actually that business that you're selling candy to people is bringing them joy. So we are all on this process of this journey of serving, serving others. And if we can realize that, you know what, our ultimate purpose is underlined um, by service, then, then how can we start looking at it, looking at doing this more intentionally and bringing us to using our why in that, in that sphere? So I really love your story. I really love the, like you said, how you created the change and the transition. Speak to me a bit about, you know, moving from Kingston to Anova Park. Like you said, you had this preconceived notion that Anova Park is a dark place and you're just going to go downhill over there. But speak to me about the importance of leaving, you know, your stronghold, um, the environment where that was extremely toxic for you and the difference it made moving to a different environment. Okay, so the, the transition, that transposition that happened, is, mm -hmm. I think it was for me, I, I had this preconceived mind that where I'm going into is going to be much worse than where I come from. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought to myself, the area that I come from and the area I'm going to is more toxic than, I, than mm -hmm. what it was. But I think what I needed to understand, and it's a it's a subconscious thing that I needed to do and make me realize that, oh, but you're moving to a no-pop, but you're moving to a no-pop because the place that where you come from, you're going to end up dead. 
mm-hmm. maybe end up maybe if you're lucky we'll get a wheelchair mm-hmm. and that is what's what's going to happen to you and i needed when i came to Novo park i kind of i was very more cautious not to make the same mistakes that i've made in kensington um, mm-hmm. So when I came to Noel Park, I made sure that I wasn't involved in gangsterism in Noel Park because I know Noel Park is their gangsterism is on another level compared to where I come from. So I wasn't involved in gangsterism, but I was still using drugs. Mm-hmm. But the lie that I told myself is that I was a better drug addict than people from Noel Park mm-hmm. because I felt that I'm, I'm better than them because the area that I came in. But it was a lie that I told myself. Mm-hmm. And I, I needed to realize to myself that I was making my bed of drugs and um, living a mischief life, I was making it comfortable for myself by lying to myself. Mm-hmm. And what I needed to realize, I needed to face the truth. And the truth of the matter was that I am a drug addict in need of help. Mm-hmm. And when I came to that understanding that I am in need of help, in somehow it's like, it's, it's, you, your mind is already starting to play games that you're telling you that you need to make a change, but you're still doing it wrong. You need to make a change, mm-hmm. you're still doing it wrong. But the more I started to listen to the voice inside of my head, the more I started to realize that the change need to come. Mm-hmm. And the change happened from the inside out. Mm-hmm. So as I, as I processed the change and I stepped out to really do the change that I needed to, when I went into my recovery, I promise it wasn't that easy. Mm-hmm. I was for a month. I was clean for a month. And in this month, I, didn't, I was clean for a month. I went back to Kensington. When I went back to Kensington, I found myself smoking drugs again. Mm-hmm. And I told myself, like, if I want to stay in Kensington any longer, I'm going to totally waste my life. And I went back to a noble park. I left a noble park. I was gone for three months. I came back. I told myself this is not working for me. Um, yeah. And I went back to the place of my restoration in my recovery. And I was there for two weeks. And then someone came to me and told me, your season is done here. You're not going to help anybody here. You need to go help people in a notebook, in a cake flats. I'm like, help people with what? You have to go tell the story. And like I'm saying now, it's been 13 years later where I'm still telling mm-hmm. the same story to people that change is possible. So I think the transition from Kensington to a notebook was, it was more of a, it was more of a, of a, of a transition to me as well, where I needed to realize that I needed to make a change. Mm-hmm. Because if I maybe had to still stay in Kensington, I would have not, not been able to have this conversation with you today. Exactly, exactly. And then speak to me a bit about how um, it's led you to be more conscious in your, you know, the way you are impacting and serving others, like your story right now. Speak to me a bit about, you know, the process of now. I'm at this point where I feel that I need to contribute and I need to make the impact in the lives of others. Speak to me a bit about that and how you are, how you've taken a conscious approach to this more. Yeah. So, so for me, what what I did, and that's why that's why with my book that's coming out, the mathematics of life, mm-hmm. is where I realized that you can't go through life and see other people experiencing the very same thing that you are experiencing and not being able to help them. Mm-hmm. So for me, what I've realized that Cape, the Cape Flats is it, there's a lot of young people, young and old, that is finding themselves on drugs, finding themselves in gangsterism. And how we gonna make the change in the Cape Flats? And I told myself, if I can change one person's life at a time, then I'm 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 some I'm gonna make. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm, I'm it's like you're eating the elephant one bite at a time. Mm-hmm. You can't consume it like because it's too big. And there's a lot of things happening. So what I did and basically is and with the mathematics of life, I think it's the five basic concepts of match, which is plus, 
minus multiply, divide, and equals to. Mm -hmm. So I think in, in, in my life, I needed to add things into my life. Mm -hmm. So when I started adding things into my life, it made me realize that there is more to life than what I perceive it is. Mm -hmm. So today, what I'm saying, so I have I have Carl Daniels today. So we're having a conversation today. Mm -hmm. When I look at your life, what you are doing, if I add you into, you into my life, it increases my value as well. Mm -hmm. And I think when we go through life, we need to understand what are you adding into your life and who are you adding into your life as well? Because they often say it's like, it's not how big your circle is, but it's who you have in your corner. Mm -hmm. And what you add, who you add into your life will determine who's going to be in your corner. Like I can say today, I have one friend only, whose name is Caspian, but mm -hmm. I have, my circle is big, but I, have one, I know this one person I can count on when it counts. Mm -hmm. and, and we need to understand that it's important that we add things into life. So for me, I added things into my life. The second thing that I needed to do, I needed to let go of every single thing that I thought that I couldn't achieve. Mm -hmm. The mindset of making me feel that I'm not good enough, I'm inadequate, I'm, I'm, my past is going to determine my future. I needed to let go of all these things. I needed to subtract these things. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I needed to subtract the people in my life that was of no support to me as well. Mm -hmm. I needed to let go of friendships, relationships. I needed to subtract of these things. When I came to that and I realized that, okay, I did my addition, I did my subtraction, now I need to multiply. Mm -hmm. So the multiplication speaks about when you start to grow and you start to grow as an individual, you start to, you start to give more of you. So when I started multiplying, I became a husband, mm -hmm. I became a father, I became a mentor, um, I became, a, so there's a lot of things that I became so that when I needed to multiply. And when I started multiplying, then I could be at different places at different times. But the thing is, what I mean by multiplying also is like, like now I'm speaking to you and having conversation with you. So what mm -hmm. is happening? Somewhere, somehow, someone's listening to this message mm -hmm. and it will impact that person. So I'm multiplying because yeah. I'm giving some up to that other person. But we need to understand that there's also a division. And when I came to my thing of my division, I was six months clean. Mm -hmm. And a, a lady came to me and this lady told me, oh, what a wonder you're still standing. So I'm like, what a wonder I'm still standing. So your expectation is that I'm not going to make it in life. Mm -hmm. So I took that, what she expected of me, and I used it as a stepping stone. And I made sure that whatever I'm going through, whatever uh, uh, dreams and ambitions I have, I don't share it with her because she's one of the people that want to see me fail. Mm -hmm. So you need to make sure who's the people that want to make, bring division in your life. You can't remove them. You just need to know who they are. Yeah. If you know who they are, you know you, what you need to share with them and what you can't share with them. Mm -hmm. And it will bring you to equals. So now I'm equal to, to what I need to be in this world at mm -hmm. this time. But I needed to go through the journey of understanding the mathematics of life. So maybe if you are listening to this, you can challenge yourself and you can go through and say, I want to experience the mathematics of life. And I want to challenge you by saying, go and examine who you have in your circle. Examine your circle and ask yourself, from the circle, who are you moving into your intimate zone? And what I mean by intimate, who's coming close to you? Mm -hmm. And who do you need to leave in your social zone? And just try to challenge yourself and see by maybe the, by the end of this month or the end of this year, what are you equal to? You'll see definitely your value would have increased definitely your vision would have been become clearer to you because now you're coming around people that inspire you to be greater.
Yeah, I love that framework. It's an amazing framework. And I love the analogy to Max as well. Um, and, you know, at the core, if we look at what you're ultimately saying is that we need to be, first of all, we need to analyze our life, right? Analyze when you take an audit of our lives. And that is very essential. Mm-hmm. Many of us don't do that. We don't, we just go through life and following patterns, doing things we've always been doing. Now, it's very important for us to do it on a regular basis where we sit down, we start auditing, auditing our friends, looking at where we are going, looking at what we are doing, what, what's not working for us anymore. And I think that's a very important principle because it then helps you to be more deliberate and more intentional in your approach to who you want to be and who you want to become. So that's really amazing. And then speak to me a bit about the youth chat room. Yeah. So the youth chat room is basically, it was, it was something that was birthed in the time period of COVID where a lot of um, churches was closed down, a lot of um, places was closed down. And the youth chat room was just a platform that I started on WhatsApp um, just to be of a encouragement to young people, to motivate them to keep going on. And lo and behold, it started out in one WhatsApp group, but now currently I have three WhatsApp groups. I have one, um, two for Cape Town, then I have one in KwaZulu-Natal that they um, basically do it in Sutu and Chwana. Um, so it's another, they do it in a total different language. And I, it was in the process of also being um, both in India and in Brazil as well. Wow. But it's just a, basically a platform where we just, as young people, we, we come together and we just motivate each other and it's on more on the social media. So it's just using the power of social media. Um, it's going in for, uh, going in for almost like the, as long as it's been COVID, that's how, how old it is. And mm-hmm. um, we recently started a, a new thing where we decided that I choose purpose. So that is the slogan that we're using, I choose purpose. So there's a lot of things because a lot of people's like, Albert, um, why are you not doing this? Why are you not doing that? And we basically, we said, we don't want to be popular. Mm-hmm. We just want to do our purpose. And our purpose is to just be of a motivation to one another. So it's not about being popular, but it's just being choosing purpose over popularity. So, yeah. And a lot, of, and, and now in this time period, a lot of people was like, wow, this is like such a profound message in this time because we're living in a day, day and age where people want to become popular. You put the photo on Instagram, you look at how many people is liking it. If three, four people likes it, you remove it. Mm-hmm. But if you get 200 likes and it's like, ah, I've, I've made it. Mm-hmm. So now we have, we're living in a time period where people are moved by the amount of likes that you get. And we have decided that it's not the likes that we're making, but it's about the impact that we are making. And impact, you cannot measure by someone liking a photo. Because I can have 500 likes on a, a video. I got maybe a thousand views on a video, but how many people's lives am I impacting? So we are basically about impacting the lives of young people. So one of the, our key... Our key foundation is that that nobody despise your youth, mm-hmm. but be an example to others. So we are about setting the example that is basically and not being despised because we are young. So that is the bottom line of TYC. Sounds like an amazing mission. Um, I really love it, the fact that you, like you said, you know, you're trying to see how you can utilize social media um, and bring, bring more positivity into it, right? Where you're not only spreading a positive message, but you're helping to raise the standards of of the current youth who turn to be turn turn out in a couple of years to become the adults leaders of the future, right? So we always want yeah. to ensure that you know we are speaking the message of hope and telling them that you know everything is possible that they that they dream of and how they can get there. So I really love that that mission and I wish you all the best with it. Um, is there anything else you want to do? Any any anything else you want to touch on before we conclude? 
Well, um, I think the one thing that I that I that I would want to share is obviously mm-hmm. the message of purpose. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very, I, I'm very, uh, when it comes to, I love to play around my words with words. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the word purpose, and I think that I, I want some. If if someone is listening to this, mm-hmm. I want you to take a pen and you write down the word purpose. So when you write down the word purpose, I want you to draw a line by P. And then you draw a line after you are, and then you leave pose. So when you look at it, you would see P, your pose. So mm-hmm. the P stands for protect your pose. Mm-hmm. So when you look at the word purpose, it's you need to protect your pose. So when your pose is like when you're finding yourself in your position, mm-hmm. like we look at Kyle Daniels, you are, your position is to be a, a mentor, is to be a coach, is to, mm-hmm. so that is your pose. But how are you protecting your pose? Mm-hmm. And where you're going to protect your pose is with integrity. Mm-hmm. Because integrity is defined as doing the right thing even when nobody is watching. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we want to do things only when people is watching. But yeah. you need to do the right thing even when nobody is watching. Exactly. And when it comes to protecting your pose, you need to understand that you need to make, a, a, you need to stand in life. So when you under, you're able to stand, it's like, if you stand for nothing, you will fall for anything. Mm-hmm. So, you need to make sure that there's a position that you need to protect. There is something that you need to understand that if I protect my position, I will make sure that I will be able to make an impact. Mm-hmm. Because if, if the thing happens, so if we look in the corporate world, if the boss, if the CEO is not going to protect his position, anyone can fulfill his position that is doing what they're doing in their position. Mm-hmm. So if you're not going to do what you're going to do, someone else is going to do what you are doing. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing wrong if I if if Kyle is doing what Kyle is doing and Albert is doing what Albert is doing. If the thing is, is it's not about competition, but it's really about completing one another. Yes. And I think when you start realizing that when you find yourself in your position and you're protecting your position, it brings you closer to your purpose mm-hmm. because your purpose is not a destination, but mm-hmm. it is a journey. So while you're journeying and understanding that I'm walking into my, I'm walking in my purpose, mm-hmm. you need to understand that while you're walking in your purpose, there's some protection that needs to happen. You need to protect it. And you mustn't fall prey. Like for me, where I'm at now, I need to make sure that I, I'm sound mind every single day. I need to make sure that I make a decision. I'm not going to go back to drugs. I'm not going to go back to gangsterism. I need to protect my position because if I fall back into drugs, how many other young people is going to lose hope? Mm-hmm. Because they can look at your well, Albert, you are so you are so making an impact, but now you went back into drugs, and obviously there's many other people that's gonna fall the same way into drugs as well. Yeah. So my message to the listeners today is that protect your pose, and you will understand what purpose is all about. I love that. I love it, Albert. Albert, I just want to say thank you to you for taking first of all waking up um, early, and second of all just sharing a message of hope for everybody out, out there to show them, you know what, that change is possible and that we are all here to live our purpose and impact others. Um, thirdly, I want to just um, um, to just say thank you to you also for the impact that you're making in the lives of others out there. Thank you for tuning in. Please share this episode with anyone looking to maximize their life as this will help us to continue growing the Coached Success community. In addition, connect with me on Instagram or Facebook and tell me what you enjoyed most about today's show. Links to Facebook and Instagram are in the episode description. 
I look forward to hearing from you. Until next week, stay winning.